Hello again. Welcome to Women Like Us. This is our new series, second episode of Love and Hate. I am Ellen Briggs. And I'm Andy Norman. And we're Women Like Us. And we're here talking about the things we love and the things we hate. Last week was all housework. Wasn't a lot we loved. Although we did love some things. We loved weird things. And so the whole whole idea of love and hate is we're going to take different topics and talk about our emotional engagement with them around topics because that's the kind of thing you do as a comic. Often your comedy is a magnification of a tiny aspect. And so we thought we'd just drill down a little bit into our very polarised feelings on various things. And today is books. And I think when, yes, and I think when you get to a certain age, you do start to really get attached to some things and really hate them. Yeah, some things you actually really attach to hating. Remember being in your 20s, you were just like, meh, about everything? Yeah, I, I think I've always had it though, Ellen. I don't think I've been that bad. I was, I was always really, I was a, in my 20s, I was even more so. Really? Yeah, I was really into something or not. So that mm. was, um, yeah, because I was full on femo, reading all my feminist books. So yeah. yeah. You wouldn't want to come to my book club then. No, Ellen. I wouldn't have. No. You would want to. So- I, do, I really, like I'm a feminist, obviously. Yeah. Fucking hate feminist books. Hate oh, them. Do you? Yep. Love them. Hate them. Um, do you want me to start with one? Maybe other? is it because they're they're. I feel like they're just preaching to the converted. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Although I feel like the narrative has to be explored. Like you have to. Sometimes what you got to do is like the female eunuch, the Simone de Beauvoir book I read when I was at university, and that completely changed the way I perceived. Um myself as a young woman because I I it was kind of like that whole idea of nature nurture that there was this whole inherent thing about what femaleness meant and that was somehow derivative of your biology that because you're a woman and you have this role that they're the attributes that you have Mm -hmm. so to actually read a book at that age about the impact of being socialized being taught how to be a woman completely it just totally, I, I kind of totally looked at everything I'd learned, particularly at that age when I was obsessed with being beautiful and, and I really could feel this deep need I had for the approval of other people, particularly men, um, around my aesthetic. And almost after reading that book, I put it down and I did not give a fuck. Mm. It was such, I was 18, 17, 18 years old. It was, and to the point where I stopped wearing makeup, I grew my hairy arms, pits, and legs, I um, shaved my head, I completely mm. let go of everything and it was such a liberating time my mum said to me what she'd be so embarrassed about me saying this she goes oh it's like you try to make yourself look ugly and I said I'm not even trying mum I'm not even trying it's natural this is, comes naturally <laughs> this is what happens when it falls away but so now you're not like that no because I, I came back to find a because it was almost like I had to I had to go through that to actually mm. allow myself so I kind of, because I'd been so indoctrinated in what it meant to be a woman, I didn't know what it meant to let it go and right. to actually, to, to not, I don't think I bought a single new thing from a store for probably six or seven years. That's astounding for you. Yep. I only lived off op shop stuff. I mm. wore, like I, I was, I still wore things that were interesting, I guess, to some people. Like, <laughs> uh, maybe not that interesting, <laughs> but that came out of that, out of reading that book. And it really, it just, I don't know, because it was really trying to, work out what it meant for me to be a woman and I think understanding gender so for me that that was exciting like I did love it Mm. is that the one you've told me about where it talks about myths or fairy tales fantasies no that is that does sound that's it that's women who run with wolves okay yeah and that is I read that probably in my that was after I would have been in my 20s by then yeah and I'd been through 
some pretty hideous relationships. And you know when you just pick up a book? And it's a, it's a very, very academic book. Yeah. It's written as a thesis. The writing is tiny, so it gets a bit annoying. But not if you have a Kindle. Oh, no. You can you make can, it bigger. Oh, I can get big text. Mm. But I just love the idea of being – she goes into every story, like they're all your mythic stories that you've grown up with, like Little Red Riding Hood or the, the, the Red Shoes. And she applies like a Jungian analysis and a feminist analysis to it, which really looks at the archetypes and the stories that it's telling you about that particular phase of your life or what you're dealing with on a much deeper level. So because it was it was Jungian analysis and analysis combined with feminist... Did you say Yoni analysis? No, Jungian, not Yoni analysis. You can analyze your own Yoni. Jungian. It's hard to say Jungian. Um. It was just amazing because I and I would early on like now I can go back. I didn't get the older stories because I wasn't the crone then. I mm. wasn't going into that, but there were great stories about loss of self and you know addiction and looking for one of my favourites was because it was the Bluebeard story about the um. It's the story of you know Bluebeard, classic domestic violence story. But mm. we grow up with this as, as some weird fairy tales. fairy tales. I love how dark they are, and he he marries this um another young girl and he says to her, I'm going away. He leaves her in the castle. He says, I'm going away. You can you can do whatever you want here. The one thing you can't do is um, go into that room at the top. But he gives you the keys to everywhere, including that room. Mm-hmm. Right. And go, that is classic entrapment. Yeah. Like to be given the key and then, you know, what would you do? Look in the room. You'd be straight up there, yeah. wouldn't you? I know, me too. And as soon as, and, and I'm reading it, and even in the story you go, don't, Don't in go the room. in the room. And you're going, she's going to go in the room. Yeah. Because that is the nature of female inquisition. And that's one of the things that... Well, draws, human inquisition, Human I inquisition think. and also fe- looking at the deep um, around the feminine too. Is the fem- that is part, a really big part of the feminist is our intuition, is mm. to, to, to go into those dark places, which I think you're a big woman with intuition. Mm. I don't mean you're a big woman, but you're all yeah. of intuition. <laughs> <laughs> so she, of course, he goes away and... She puts a key in the lock and there's all these – she goes in there. There's all the murdered women who have come before her, mm. the brides that he's bought there before. They're all in there. She closes it up. She doesn't know what to do. She puts a key in her pocket, but the key starts to bleed. So mm-hmm. she can't she can't hide what she's done because it's the evidence that bleeds through her clothes. It's like – and she knows now she's next. Mm. So – and he's coming home now and he's going to find out she can't hide. Because what she can't hide is that she has the knowledge – yeah. And having knowledge is dangerous. And as women, we know that. So we can live in denial. I love that, that you can live mm. in denial of who you are and what your circumstances by never choosing to look into the dark places because they're dangerous. Because once you have knowledge, something will happen. Mm. So as he comes home, she calls to her seven brothers. I don't think she had a phone. I don't know how she did. It was yeah. some psychic calling device. Christ. Something like, might have been a crow. I can't remember how that actually But they come. And then it's this thing where, of course... She comes out on top. He's he's killed, and um, it's her intuition and her curiosity that has saved her from the same kind mm. of fate as these other women. That even though you don't look, it will still kill you in the end. Mm. So it was really so that one really because I was so attracted to really dysfunctional relationships. And that one really, you know, I went wow. And then I was with this guy, and he said, "I'm going away this weekend. You can do anything you want in my house." <laughs> Don't turn the telly on because I'm typing yeah. the RFL. Yeah, exactly. The, what's the RFL? I thought it was the Yeah, what is the NRL. NRL. So what about you, Ellen? <laughs> what, were, what were the books that changed you early on? 
Not the Bible. Oh, well, no, I've never read the Bible. That one's changed me early on. I don't know, really. I did read the um, the beauty myth. Yeah, the Naomi that Wolf was, one. Yeah, the Naomi Wolf one. And I, I sort of got that, but it was one of those ones where I, I was resistant to it. Yeah. I don't know what it is about the, the – see, that, that book that you're talking about there sounds mm. interesting. But it's when people just go, this is what it is, this is what you should be doing. If you're a feminist, this is what you should be doing. I find a lot of them very preachy. It can feel preachy. And, and, what- and I also, I really hate those, I really hate those books of people who think that their lives are interesting so they've written a memoir, which is funny because you've written some and, oh, I, and yeah. I wrote one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But ours is interesting. Ours is funny. Yeah, ours is funny and interesting. We don't take ourselves too seriously. But that, what was that one recently? That big one that came out recently called. um, She was that. She's that American woman who left her husband. Oh, it's so funny because she she talks about the knowing. The knowing. What's it called? That's the one. It's called not unforgiven. Untamed. Untamed. Oh, and I, the worst thing I did was I got it as an audio book. Like I did the yeah. free trial and I was driving down to um, Orange and I put it on and, and it was narrated by her, obviously, and she's got that real American. She's got that whiny voice. And the first chapter is when she's at a zoo or somewhere and there's a wild cheetah, but it's not wild anymore, you know, and they, they've trained it to just run and pick up something and come back and she reckons that her four-year-old daughter or something went, Mummy, why isn't the cheetah wild anymore? And I realised then I wasn't wild anymore and I fucking nearly crashed my car trying to turn that (laughs) shit off. I was like, that's it. No more. (laughs) That's that's Glennon Doyle. Yeah, that's her. Who does that? Who does it? Untamed. And absolutely. I actually found – I read that book because I love all the other stuff I've read that's feminist – I tend to really love. There's bits where I'll go, eh, maybe, maybe not, but okay. Yeah, I'll consider that. But I, I did find, I did find that book profoundly arrogant, and um, she, I did find her tone really irritating. Like she irritated me. Yeah. I wanted to really like it, and I wanted to. Um, I, I found because she's a Christian writer, mm. she's a Christian blogger, um, who's also a feminist, who's also left her husband and her family to move in with the love of her life who happens to be a woman and it's it is a really interesting story mm. but what annoys me the most is there's this is that I can just I can hear the I can hear the whiny American Christian in there yes yeah, so you never heard a voice right no I didn't but I can exactly hear it in, the, in, the, in, yeah, the, in her um, writing in the writing and it, that did, did irritate me as well because mm. I felt like I felt like she was trying to write an elaborate um excuse for making a, a decision she had every right to make, which was to leave a marriage and, and move mm. with someone she loved. And you didn't need this Maybe that's because of her doctrine. Christian background. Or maybe it was. I don't know, mm. because maybe she had to keep her Christian blogging fans on board. Mm. I don't know. But I did find that. A lot I of people hated it. loved it, but it did irri- that irritated me too. Mm. That's it. So what's something you've loved? What's a book you've loved recently? Recently? Um, oh, one book I really loved that really stayed with me was Eye of the Sheep. I think you read oh, that I as love well. That one. Yeah, that so that's actually written from the from the point of view of um a child who has autism, isn't it? Yep. And it is. he's watching his parents' marriage fall apart. It's an Australian book. I just found it was so different to anything else I'd ever read. The fact that she was able to really encapture what it must be like for a young child who has autism or Asperger's never really said is it 
what what he has because it's set in the kind of 60s or 70s in Australia. I think, yeah, I, I'd say he's definitely um, autistic. Yeah, yeah. And it's Sophie Laguna, if you go looking yeah. for the book. I would say that's one of the best books I've read. Me too. Well and truly. Yeah. It really puts you – and I'd read it – I read that one weirdly straight after I read The Rosie Project. Yeah, right. Which I loved. Yeah. Which is a more comedic – yeah, that was cute. Way of being inside the mind and the and puts you in the thinking process of someone with um with with autism or on the spectrum, and then you read the eye of the sheep yeah. and it was just took it up heat like about twenty notches. Yeah, unbelievable. The other one that I really loved was called Dog Boy, I love- which was yeah, be- just so beautifully written. So that was basically based. On, that's another Australian author. Should I haven't read that one. You know why I said that because it's so funny. Because I've done a whole series of paintings I did in my late 20s all called dog boy oh got a whole series that i did weirdly and then you've told me about this book and i've put it together in my mind and i've told myself i've read that book oh you've got so to when read you it. said that i went oh yeah and i went nolan be honest you haven't read it you haven't so read it tell us Ellen. so dog boy is it, it was another australian author i can't remember her name i could google it while we're I'm talking google, you google I'll it google while i'm it. talking and basically she read a report, you know those reports that you hear sometimes in places like Russia where they have all these abandoned buildings, you know, since the war and squatters live in them. And they found, so this was true, they found this little boy who had basically been abandoned as a baby. It's not the boy who was raised as a no, dog? No, it's called Dog Boy. There's Dog Man. No, Dog Boy. Oh, I think I found it, Dog Boy. Just a minute. And he... um so she read this report of this little boy who had been living in this abandoned building with dogs, with stray dogs. Eva Hornus? Yeah, that's it. No, Hornung. Hornung, Eva, that's Eva right. Hornung. And so then she, she read that report in the news and then wrote a story based on this, you know, on, on a story like that of this little boy who has been abandoned and raised by these dogs. And if you ha- – what really struck me – was that if you had never seen a dog, if you didn't know what a dog was, what it sounded like, looked like, smelt like, felt like, how it acted, how it moved, you would read that book and you, in your mind, you would know exactly all of those things. Her descriptions of dogs and how they behave and how they work in a pack. So the story is about this pack, basically, and he's one of the pack members. It's incredibly sad and, and beautiful, and, but yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, it's a great gorgeous. book. I'll, yeah, it's I'll a beautiful book. We'll read that one. Yeah. Yeah, I did like that one. I did write a list of books, actually. It's kind of funny. Quite a few I hated that other people loved. Doesn't it happen when you do a book club and you go, you get hate a book and you've got to keep reading it to the end? So, mm. And you know it's never going to change. Like, there's very few books where I've changed my mind about how I feel about it. And often it is. It's not so much the story. Is that if I hate the main character, if I find that if that character that's going to take me through a book, if they're irritating... You just can't go with them. It's just really hard. Like it's hard. I found The Slap a really good book but really hard to read because yeah, I that hated was a good book. every single character in that yeah, book. Yeah, I think you were supposed to. Yeah, we're supposed to, but it actually didn't make it an easy read. Yeah. Like you didn't pick it up and enjoy where yeah. you were going. So that made it a good book but you just went, these are just a pack of assholes. Yeah. Could have been. Yeah. yeah it, was not, it wasn't actually yeah. enjoyable, that sort of level of reading. The one, the one I really hated that a lot of people love was The Road. By Cormac McCarthy. Yeah, I never read that. Fuck, that's actually, I remember being in bed reading it and I'd probably, this is probably my third or fourth night of reading it. I always read before I go to sleep. And I just threw it to the other side really? of the room and just went, fuck that shit. And Alex goes, not enjoying that one. <laughs> it's, it was, 
just horrible. And when I tell other people, they're like, oh, my God, that book, it moved me. It was unbelievable. You know, it was, I just hated it. I Isn't hated that funny? it. Yeah. I found that with Shantaram. Yeah, okay. Because everyone goes, you should, you know, people go, you should read Shantaram, yeah. you should read Shantaram. It's amazing, Shantaram. Yeah. And it's, Did you just think he was lying the whole time? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's bigger than, <laughs> the, bigger than the Bible. Yeah, I know. I went, I'm like, I knew this elaborate lie. Like, I got three quarters through it and went, I'm over this. Yeah. Same thing. I went, I'm not. It, you just, it's finished. Yeah. The yeah. book is done. Yeah. Look at reading your... That's one of those books you're reading and you're like, oh, as if you fucking did. Yeah, yeah. no, I didn't I, believe I didn't it. believe it. I didn't find I didn't him believable. It. It, it, it's really funny when you write a, um, when you write a, like a book where they're supposed to have some self-reflection, but he just didn't seem, he just, he, there was this weird thing where he, he was really not open about his flaws. Yeah. Like if, it, if someone... It just seemed like he was just getting better and more amazing all the time and his incredible comp- – it's really terrible when you're so cynical you don't believe someone's compassion. But yeah. I just went, eh, just, yeah, I didn't believe it. Yeah, yeah. And maybe it was magnified. Oh, yeah, because it was so big. Was yeah. it, that was awful. I know. Um, another one I really liked was um, a fairly modern one, Light Between Oceans. Did you read that? Oh, one? that was in our book club, but I didn't come that long. Oh, I didn't read really, it. Really, that's a, another beautiful Australian book. I really like Australian books. That was about um, that was about this couple who moved to a very remote um, lighthouse. Yeah, yeah, they live there. He's the lighthouse keeper, and she has. They have this beautiful relationship. They adore each other. Very remote. It's just them, and she keeps falling pregnant and having miscarriages, and she's just oh. devastated. And one day um, a ship crashes at the lighthouse and there's a baby in it and a dead man. And so she has this decision to make. Does she keep the baby? Because the man's already dead. Right. The the baby's alive. Wow. And she's gone crazy because she's had all these. Yeah, it's a fantastic book. Oh, that looks good. That was a good one. That was a good one. One one that I really loved when I I was young was... um, I think it was called April Fool's Day and it was by that um, – who was that by? It was about his son who got AIDS from – his son was a haemophiliac. Strain, oh, this is bad. We should have done our research beforehand. I love this. This is just like a real conversation about books going, who was that? Who, who, was, who that? was that book? Um, it was – you're going to know it as soon as I say it. His son, his son was a haemophiliac and he contracted AIDS in the – 80s? 80s, and this was about the last few um, years of his life, and it was just beautifully written. It was just beautiful. Um, oh, it was Bryce Courtney. There you go, that guy. Yeah. We've all <laughs> Bryce Courtney. We've all read a Bryce we Courtney. All know book, Bryce Courtney. Yeah, this was his son was called Damon Courtney. That's right, Hemophilia. He's one of those populist writers, Bryce Courtney. Like, if you're on a plane and you read, there's some books that you'll read on a plane, and other ones like I. I mean, I started literature at university, so I have. I'm conscious of what I read in public, that I don't. Yeah, that I don't want to be like I because I know. What about when everyone was reading? Um, what was that? What was the Fifty Shades of Grey? Oh, I know. You know, it sort of became it became normal for women to be reading this fucking soft bad porn on a a plane, sitting next to someone who's reading about a leather room being kind of tied up and penetrated. Yeah. You know, some lady getting hot and juicy next yeah, to me on the street. I'm like, no, thank you. Um, no, I was always really <laughs> that aware. That was very badly written. 
I, I couldn't read it, actually. No, I, only I read, read a little bit I of it. I read one. And I know some people loved it, and I really appreciate it. If you did yeah. love it, that's that's. Do you wrong. know what I think was great about it was that it opened it uh, opened a lot of women up. It opened a lot. Um, it did open up a lot of women to that genre of erotic writing. I don't think a lot of women even knew that that existed. Yeah. I reckon they've been through it all now. Oh, fuck yeah. Left, right, and centre. They've got their Kindles smoking. Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> like a... Uh, so that, that was a... Um, so you wouldn't have read a Bryce Courtney book in public? Cain and Abel. Now, there's a book I read when I was very young. That's a ripper of but a book. But there's a lot of writers that are incredibly popular that are actually very good. Yeah. Of which, you know, Leanne Moriarty is actually Fantastic. really great. She's an airport novelist, basically. Yeah. But the books you're reading it going... Like, I found my husband reading a Leanne yeah. Moriarty the other day. And I went, how's that going? It's actually really good. Yeah. Like, I think it's kind of like I went, it's, she's a really good writer. She's a really they're great always writer. They're, they're enjoyable. They're enjoyable reads. Yeah. Like you don't yeah. feel like she's ever going to get the Booker Prize or anything like that. But yeah. The characters she, she can are well, tell a story. Yeah, yeah. The and it's intriguing. Well yep, absolutely. I, I think they're always really good. And some things are just so um, ongoing. And it's funny. There were always – the books I studied at uni, things like um, – you know, which I did love. Like I love Conrad's, you know, Heart of Darkness, but it's got like just like 150, but so thin. I studied that one book an entire semester because it was so we had to watch Apocalypse Now and then look at the kind of looking at the, the deep kind of the, it was the human condition and looking into the deepest, most horrific part of who we are. Mm-hmm. It was so bleak. I'd read that book like twenty well, times. Like I could road. not. I could not touch that book again. Like no. I'm like I cannot even know about it. Although I love Apocalypse Now, and I actually love more is the um, documentary film called Hearts of Darkness, made by um, Francis Ford Coppola's um, wife, which is just amazing about the process. It's incredible, and that made me go back and have. A, I didn't read it again, mm. but it gave me a whole fresh because I hadn't seen that. That film hadn't been released when I was studying Heart of Darkness. At, right when I was at uni, but yeah, that. So it made me actually appreciate everything I knew about that book and went, I went, oh, yeah, this whole transformation or when you fall into your dark side, this kind of... Yeah. It's pretty good. It's, it's do you black. like... Do you... If you have a really... A book you really love and then they make it into a movie, do oh. you watch the movie? I often don't want to because I find it... Um, I never do. Yeah. Sometimes I'll watch it and there's times where I haven't... There's sometimes where I've actually been quite um, surprised how well I've done it because it's when they because you create the visionscape in your mind, yeah. And when you see someone cast into a role, you go, "No, yeah." I heard I didn't read the dressmaker, but I heard that they did that really. Oh, well. they did do that well. You actually, read it there's one. It. I love that book. I have a beautiful story about that book. Actually, do you? yeah, I really I loved the book. And I, I think I gave it away. I lost. Oh no! Actually, it was the first time I, I wanted to find it, and it was out of production. And so I got it off someone from eBay. Yeah. And then I went to Canberra, and my dad passed away. This is when Dad was dying, and he died while I was down there. And when I came back, this parcel was here. And when I opened it up, this is just from someone on eBay, but they had wrapped it like it was a present. Oh, that's beautiful. And said, um. I really loved this book and I hope you love it as much as I do and it gives you as much joy. And it was this, it was almost like it was the perfect time for that book to be there. Oh, what a beautiful way to get a what book. What a beautiful like, way to get it. You know, I paid 10 bucks on for a secondhand book on eBay or something. But that's you know? the beautiful thing about books, isn't it? And that's what I always, yeah. you know, um, you know, it's why reading is so amazing. And I, yeah. I do, you know, love the, like when you actually engage in a story, 
in that way when you read it and you fall into it it's it's quite transformational yeah, like it takes you absolutely. You're emotionally really engaged like yeah. you know when you're in a story and it's so emotional and you almost can't speak to anyone else yeah you're, or, and you're thinking about it when you're not even reading yeah the dressmaker is good actually jasper jones they did a good job of the movie too i took my kids to see that because they both read that book that's another fantastic book yeah i never saw i love donna tart's secret history yeah, that was a great Amazing. Book. I know they made a film about that. Yeah, I never But I saw went, that. I'm not going to watch that because yeah. I'll just ruin it. Yeah. That's an amazing story. That that era, actually, that's when we moved over to Belgium, when mm. I moved over with Alex and his work. And that book came out that year. And I remember there were quite a few really good books that year, all from, you know, first novels from authors. Yeah. Often the first one is the best, isn't it? It is. And I'm, I'm a really big, like, particularly genres. We sound like wankers, don't we? Just going, oh, this is our own little book club here. Oh, I know. Ellen and I actually do like to read, we, we, you know. But we, I wouldn't say now. I read for the love of reading now. Yeah. I just love a good story. And if I, you know. Me too. I, I love a novel. I love a novel. And then every four or five novels I'll read a difficult text, which I find that um, engages me and I learn something. So I keep that on the side. I don't want to learn anything else. <laughs> I love how closed off you are to the world. Beautiful. That's it for me. I don't want any she more goes, That's it. friends. I, you I know, don't want any- <laughs> One of them I read was on kelp farming. What? <laughs> I did that ages. It was really interesting. Um, and then the one I'm reading now is on, on Why Men Hate Women, which is on the incel movement. So that's hard going. So yeah. kind of, it's so depressing and kind of horrific. You have to go and read something nice. But my favourite, one of my favourite books I've ever read, which is very pertinent to now, is that Geraldine Brooks' um, The Year of Wonders. Mm -hmm. I love historical fiction. Did you ever read that? Remind me because it sounds familiar. Um, It's also called 1666 Year of Wonders or Year of Wonders. And it's the most perfect book for the pandemic because it's set in 1666 in this English village where um, the plague, the bubo, Mm -hmm. comes to the village. And the only way they have to deal with it is lockdown which is amazing that we're still yeah. using the same techniques that yeah. they were using all through um, history to manage um, epidemics or pandemics. And so they, um, the entire village gets locked down for a year. And in this year, and what happens is this, it's kind of like a love relationship and the relationship is a woman who's a natural healer. And then it goes on to, it's kind of in her relationship then with the church and it's what this mm. little village then implodes. But she really takes you to what it was like. Then it's yeah, I don't think I have read I know that. you'll love it. Love you it. Go, go, yeah. have, go read it. I'm going to go back and read it because it's such a good book. And the other one I love that because I do love historical fiction is um, Perf- Perfume, which oh, I yeah. did not like the movie, that yeah. Patrick Suskind. I think that's a really good example, Perfume. Like it's a, if you just tell people what it's about, it's horrendous. Yeah. It's a book about a boy who's born with no sense of smell who becomes obsessed with 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 smell and becoming a perfumer to the point and his in his the fact that he people find him repulsive because he has no sense he has like no identity so then he starts basically murdering women yeah. and making perfume out of them um it's pretty disgusting but it's you're so taken into that story and it is repulsive but it's amazing and you put it in a film and it's weird how when you take something that when you read is it's it's not meant to be seen yeah because as soon as you see it, it was, I don't know what the word is, it was horrific. It yeah, was too, revolting. It was revolting and it was too, um, it, it, you weren't engaged enough in the psychology of, of who he was. Well, it, be, it just became more of a thriller. It became a thriller. Yeah. It became sort of a bit sensational and you're going, yeah. no, this, this is a really disturbing, you're in the mindset of someone who is really um, unwell. 
Mm. So, you, you know, it, it, at no point was it sensorial. Like, you, you didn't no. get the sensationalist feeling, but in the movie you did. I went, yeah. yuck. Yeah, yeah I, lo- I really love um, historical fiction. I loved that Burial Rites by Hannah Kent. Oh, that was great. Fuck, that was a great book. That was about the last woman in... Um, was it Alaska? It was it Alaska. It was somewhere cold, wasn't it? Greenland? Yeah, Greenland, who was um, hung. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great one. And I do, I know they're very, they're very lowbrow, but all those, other, all those ones, like the other Berlin girl, all about Henry VIII. Oh, no, they're great. So I love those. They're, they're fantastic. The girl with the pearl earring? Yeah, all those sort of ones. That's Tracy Chevalier. I don't think they're very lowbrow. I think you have to be quiet. Oh, well, that's not, she doesn't do the, all doesn't the, um, no, I can't remember the author. I can't remember the author, but she's she's done a lot. You know, the the other Boleyn girl, the Virgin Bride. You know, it's all yeah. it was all about that that era of Henry VIII, and and interestingly, how he transformed into the fucking gross man that he was. You know, but that and that monarchy is still going. I know, and those women are still being treated that way, yeah. not being given any power over what they can and can't do with their lives. Yeah, no agency. You know, so it's, isn't how refreshing to see young Megan just going fuck this shit. Yeah, that would be a terrible corporation to be part of. Yeah, yes. unless you're like, a man. Yeah, because women in the outspoken women in the past have been beheaded. Yeah, exactly. You know that is, that does make you a little nervous if you're a bit of a troublemaker. Exactly. Uh, strange things happen to you. Yeah. Um, um, I also I read a very surprising book that I loved called um, Being Lance about Lance Armstrong. This is before, and this is before the whole drug thing. Yeah. So again, that is that book, a memoir? Yeah, by Lance. Yeah, and it's that that book. I I don't follow the Tour de France. I don't. I'm not into yeah. cycling. I can't imagine it, you reading a book called Being Lance, right? I would. I would be all... hiding that on the aeroplane. <laughs> like, who's this chick reading Being Lance? I don't know. She doesn't look like she rides. She's really into cycling. <laughs> she must have. A, she must have a tripod. Yeah. A tri- what are they called? Tricycle. A tripod. Um, tripod. Um. It's all about the politics of the peloton, you know, the race, the politics of the yeah. Tour de France. Fucking amazing! It was actually an amazing book, like wow. for a sports one. I don't. You yeah, know, some, then you'll you know, read I know people who will just read sports biographies, oh. you know, or war war oh, yeah. stories, or you know, oh, yeah. but something like that that you just go fuck up. You could go now. You could go on hard quiz and. That could be Lance could be your special <laughs> subject, and and Tom would go. Ellen, your special subject is Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong, okay, <laughs> okay, riding in the peloton in yeah, like, like I know, fantastic. It's a good. It was a really good book. Oh, yeah, it's nice when you learn something. Like you kind of kind of do that. I do. I can't remember. I can remember. I remember books I love, and then the books I you know. I mean, often you see, often you don't finish the books you hate. Like the books you yeah, hate, you don't there's, only, there's, a, there's been few that I haven't finished. What about kitty books when you were growing up as a kid? What was your favourite book growing up as a little kid? Kitty books. I remember the first book I actually. I did love all the Dr. Seuss ones because yeah. I loved because I was a little obsessive. You could go away and keep on reciting them, you know, because oh, yeah. the, of the of the flow of them. I did love those. Oh yeah, I loved that. Those ones were. Um... Oh, and as a teenager, remember the Virginia Andrew ones? Flowers oh in the attic. Loved flowers in the how attic. How good were they? Like, how old were yeah. you when you read and those? I, was, like, I really 12, wanted 13? them to get together, and they're a brother and I know. sister. And I'm like, going, don't separate them. I'm, I'm rooting literally. Yeah, that sounds wrong, but for um, in incest relationship. I know. And I and I went. So that's how well written that was. 
Oh, that's how wrong that was. That, that was the wrongest book. Like, and you're going flowers in the attic. Was the yeah. um, that was anyone that read that was going to eat up Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, like that was just the next <laughs> book. Like, if if you don't flinch over kids being locked in the attic, being poisoned, and yeah. then falling in love and having their own children, if yeah. that's fine by you, you're gonna love Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, yeah, that that flowers in the attic is the one where I look back and. Um, I went to recommend a book to my daughter Zoe when she was about 15. I said, what about flowers in the uh, – don't read that. <laughs> That's because she would have gone, Mom, I can't believe you like this book. Like she would have been straight on to the yeah, incest part of yeah. it and gone, this is wrong. Um, but that was huge, wasn't it? Everybody massive. read it. All the all my girlfriends read it. Oh, yeah, little, everyone read it. Yeah. Because that was – it's faddish. Like Twilight was faddish. You read yeah, Twilight? Yeah, I did read Twilight. I didn't read it. So I, yeah, it was actually really – I only read the first one. And I really liked it. But I had a girlfriend who read well, like six of them or something. Wow. Read all of them. I did love, because um, oh, I loved, you know, Lord of the Rings and I loved all yes, those ones. Yes, I haven't ones. read those. One of my favourite ones actually is um, when, from, from when I was younger was Ursula Gwynn wrote one called the Earthsea Trilogy. And I, I often that. think it's really good. If you're into, if you've got a young person or anyone who's into, if you've got a young person, that sounds great, <laughs> like in the attic. Uh, <laughs> um Ursula Gwen, the Earthsea Trilogy, is the story of um, this boy who's being pursued no, um, by a dark force. He goes to a wizard school on the island of Roke, I think is what it's called, and he has this scar on his, on his um, forehead that comes from a battle that's happened, and he's pursued by this shadow force. Mm. Um, that's basically what, until he realises when he faces it, it's actually him, it's in him. It's oh. exactly, and I, and I read that. And Ursula Gwynn is a very well known. She's mm. she's a very well celebrated writer, um, of her era. But that is the story of Harry Potter. It is absolutely, it's and I, I I know the absolute story. It's, uh, she basically took the the story of the wizard being ch- with the yeah. at, at a wizard school. There's a lot more in it than that, obviously, because it's it's a trilogy. So there's three books. Um, it's an amazing wow. story, and it's written. 30 years before Harry Potter, but it's it's the story. It's the same story. Pretty well. Yeah, pretty well. There might be – obviously there's yeah. variations and yeah. themes, but um, – oh, yeah. The, wow. the, I, the architecture. Has anyone else ever, like, pointed that out? Do you know? I've never read anything where they have. I mean, obviously if you were I mean, studying – they were phenomenal books, weren't they, those Harry Potter ones, the way they just swept the world oh, and they got kids reading. I didn't read them, but – I started reading it and I went, oh, this is – Reminds me of a book I've read, and I went, that's the Ursula oh. Gwynn book I read when I was about 17. And, it, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, she still wrote an incredible book. But, you know, it's, it's one thing when you go, there is a derivative nature of, of literature where you often, you know, a story will actually be seeded by something else. Mm. And she just hit the market at the right time. And it's incredibly well written. Yeah. yeah they're, they're fabulously written books. Yeah. yeah. And they're, um, they're not patronising for kids. They're scary. They've got stuff happening. I think they're really good. She, mm. she did a great job. Mm. I did, I also, did. as kids too, my mum read all those really bad, like Jackie Collins. You know those oh, ones, yeah. like the Hollywood star. Didn't you love grabbing and one of those and oh, sneaking yeah. behind the couch? I, I think what was the first one you read like that, like the real trash one? It probably would have been one of those ones, like a you know the Hollywood star or something like that. I can't even remember their names because you don't remember those books. Oh, I remember. I read Colin McCulloch's Tim. Oh, Tim. Remember that? Yeah, I do. I did read her books. Yeah. Yeah. She's a really good writer, actually. Yeah, she was. I read Tim. She's still alive? No, she died maybe a couple of years ago. Okay. I did read Tim and then I read – and that's basically a story of a woman that fell in love 
an older woman that fell in love with a young bloke yeah. with an intellectual disability. Yeah. Do you I remember the shit sandwich being the most full-on thing with the, uh, his other, the, how he was getting hass- hassled by his co-workers and they made him eat a dog shit sandwich. Never got that out of my mind. Oh. Like it's disturbed me when I read it and it's just still made me feel sick when I think about yeah, it. Yeah, that's horrible. That was an amazing story though. It was really kind of, that was a pretty edgy story to write. Yeah. Because it, it was open. Like was was that a, was she taking advantage of someone who was not able to make an informed yeah. decision, or was was that just society? Yeah. Or did she just see him for she him, who he actually loved him. was, yeah. and she loved him? So that was that was a really that was good. Mm. Oh yeah, I think I, I think I, I did love reading a lot of. I don't know, I can't remember the names of the ones. Yeah, I, you can't. I went through a bit of a trash phase. Yeah. Probably when I was about fifteen or sixteen, where all the Sydney Sheldon ones. Yeah, heaps of Sydney Sheldons, and always like you know she comes into the thing and she's got her hair up, and, yeah. and, and she's got overalls, Princess Daisy. Yeah, that she comes, ones. she shakes her hair down, <laughs> and she's not plain anymore. She's amazing, and everyone goes, "You oh. will be the face of the new Princess Daisy campaign." Yeah, and then then she goes, "Oh my god!" And there's always there's and always- Je- Jeffrey Archer. Remember all his books? Oh yeah, there was all those. I did love. I did love. I, have to mention, I did love the Bronte sisters. I did love. Um, Yep. You know, I did love. Yeah, well, I used to read like the famous Jane Eyre and all those and I loved, sort of ones. Yeah, and um, Wuthering Heights and yeah, loved loved all that because yeah, was, it was kind of brute, like stuff that was weird and brooding. And I did love Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, loved it. And Little Women, I loved too. Yeah, Little Women was great. Yeah, I did. They're love. all they're all great books. And the the latest one that I've loved that I really really loved was Boy Who Swallowed Universe. Wasn't that great? He's have you read his second one? No, not yet. All the Shimmering Skies, it's called. I haven't read it either. I haven't read it. I've interviewed him about it. Oh, it's Which I had just to some... say to him, I went, because they got me to do the interview like half an hour before yeah. I spoke to him. I had to go, Trent, I haven't actually read your other book. And he said, I don't care. Yeah. He's beautiful. Oh my God, he? it's amazing. Yeah. We had, we had that lovely time, I think I told you on the plane, where we got really pissed yeah. together. And he's, he is such, it makes you like writing more when you know the author is just the yeah. real deal. Because he comes across at writers' festivals and interviews and on radio. You go, wow, he's so engaging and he yeah. absolutely is. Yeah, like, he is. He's just so funny and open and interested and, and he's just he's brilliant. Yeah, he's Makes lovely. you want to – I'm going to read that book because I just really yeah. – I love the way he thinks. He's oh, yeah, that, that first book of his was fantastic. Yeah, it's beautiful. Again, he, you know, and then that pressure he must have had, like all those novelists, you know, like Donna Tartt, when you write a book like that yeah, and it's, it just sweeps the nation or the world – yeah. And then you have to back it up with something. And then you come, I'm just going to put out my flowers in the attic. The, the, the <laughs> well, there were, weren't there like four books yeah, in there? Yeah, So they kept getting old. Like at some point, you go, and they're in the attic, but they're like consensually in there. They're like in their 40s. Yeah. <laughs> still together. How's this story going to end? Oh, How I did it end? I can't, I can't remember. remember. They had all these inbred children. They all had white blonde hair, yeah. remember? And they yeah, yeah. all... It was very cultish. Oh yeah, like little Aryan race. Yeah, and they were getting thinner and thinner. Someone died. I can't. One of the one of their one of their siblings died, or one of their children. I can't even remember. It was wrong. I don't want to. I don't want to remember. I've just got it in my head now. I'm going to Google it when I get home. I'm going to read it again. So I'd love to know what you loved when you what you read. Just do do send us and what you hated. The yeah. Bible I found um irritating. <laughs> I've never read it. Have you never read the Bible? Never read I, the Bible. I went to a Catholic school, so we didn't read yeah. the Bible. Um, and there's some stories in the Bible that are really good. But you have to look at it as a book. Nobody ever properly book reviews it. They really did need a better editor because <laughs> you go. It's a bit long, isn't it? It's not only is it long. Was it under two? No, there's the New Testament, yeah. which is when Jesus was born. And right. the Old Testament is 
every fucking thing that ever happened before. Right. Leading up, you know, and the story of, you know, coming out of Israel and the sort of story into the, it's all that kind of story of the, yeah. the Holy Land and, and you know, and it's pretty scary. The, the Old Testament, if you want fucking adventure, there's sh- floods, there's shit blowing up, <laughs> there's bushes catching on fire. But the New Testament is the same story. And it's a bit like, it's, quite, it's almost like um, they cracked on to the whole, um, you know that thing now when you have one story, four narratives? Yes. That's what they did. Ah. They did four narratives. <coughs> That's did, what Leanne Moriarty does. Exactly. And she did it. But, hey, they did it in the Bible. It was, you know, it's a gospel better. according to Mark, Luke, John and Matthew, right? Same stories told in four different points of view. Maybe but, I should give it a read. work. <laughs> and then at the end... Just when you got through that, they had this really oh, weird Oh, don't tell bit. me what happened. Take some acid and then you read Revelations. <laughs> and that's when, that's where all the conspiracists go. That's when all the end of the earth is coming and then ah. goes, goes batshit crazy. Ah. That's yeah, so interesting. I don't even think I've got one here. I've got the Quran. <laughs> get you one. Oh, well, that's good. I'll read yeah, the Quran. I've got an English version of the Quran. Yeah, good. Mm. We could do that. Mm. I'm having a hot flush. All right. Go. That's it. What are we going to do next week? Let's talk about movies. Oh, movies. Shall we? Yeah, let's do movies. All right. That's, and we'll do some research this time so we're not going, hang on, who wrote that? We, we did okay for that, I reckon. We did. Love and hate. Love and hate. Let us know what you think and we'll see you next week with movies. All right, bye. Toodles. Hey, everyone, thanks for listening. If you like us, like us for real. Yeah. Hit the like button. That'd be lovely for wherever you listen to us. And, hey, when you listen to us, you hear the really gorgeous music, our intro and outro music from Simon and Guyan. So thanks to them too. Yeah, thanks to them. And um, keep on listening and we'll talk to you next week. See See you then. Bye.